Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tim Atkins Does Digital podcast. My name is Tim Atkins. I'm your host. I am a branding strategist and digital marketer who has helped brands and organizations with their messaging and their branding all over the world. Thanks for joining me today. I've got a great show for you today. One of my very favorite people in the whole wide world, Felipe Mondawano, a brand strategist from Phoenix, Arizona, is going to talk with me and talk with you about branding and about uh, logo design and all kinds of uh, theories on what makes a successful brand. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is the interview with Felipe Mondawano. Enjoy it. All right, everybody. I'm really, really excited about this guest that I've got coming up. This is only the second interview that I've ever done. It's the first for season two. This guy is is one of my favorites on this internet machine. I'm telling you, he's he's extremely talented. He's He's got a, a really good creative gift. I'm kind of envious of his work because uh, I can see his work. It's, it's right there on his website. And if you want to pitch the website, you can do that if you want to, Felipe. Uh, Felipe Mondujano, is that the way I pronounce that? Wow, you knocked it out the park. No kidding. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was a little kind of nervous about that because, you know, I'm, I've got this West Virginia accent that I try very hard to temper a little bit when I do the, uh, when I do these podcasts and, um, sometimes it comes out and it, it sounds kind of weird when that happens. So anyway, uh, introducing to my audience and his Felipe Montejano. What is up, man? How you doing? Hey, Tim, I'm doing great. I'm glad to finally be on your podcast. I know we talked about this several months ago, so it's finally coming true, so I'm excited. Man, we've talked about it a lot, and I've like all through season one, I was kept on saying, man, Felipe, we're going to get you on this thing. <laughs> I'm going to get you on this, this podcast, and he's like, okay, Tim, sure, sure, get with <laughs> let me know. So season two comes around, and I'm like, well, let's go ahead and get you on the show. Um, and I'm really excited to, to hear from him, uh, tell, and I don't want to leave anything out. So, um, Felipe, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. I'm, I'm kind of interested in just how you, how, well, how you got started in the creative, in the creative world and, and just a little bit about your background and, and what you do now. Sure. So, um, that's a big question. Um, what do you do? That's something that I can't answer because I feel like I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I do everything from graphic design to branding to IT work. I work for a nonprofit as well, and I'm their IT and graphic designer. So um, that's always been a tough question when people ask me, what do you do? And um, it's, it's hard to describe sometimes because it, it, it those those things don't, I mean, it's not like you're an accountant. I mean, you could say I'm an accountant or, you know, I'm an auto mechanic. It's pretty cut and dried. When you're in the creative field, it's, it's really difficult to describe sometimes. And what I think is interesting about what you just said is not only you're creative, but you're also in the IT field. There's not a whole lot of people that do creative work and also do IT. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Actually, the reason I got into the IT industry was because I could not get a job in graphic design. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I <And>, feel you. <laughs> I sure do. And what's even funnier is I'm not really like an IT person. Like I used to take my computer to my wife's cousin to fix. That's how much I was not into IT. But I was just desperate and it was just uh, asking around and I happened to know someone who was an IT supervisor and they hired me and I'm like, I got to take this until I could find a design job. And I just ended up staying there for what? It's been like eight years in IT. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. Um, did but, you have a hard time learning it at, at first or did it come to you pretty naturally? No, that's the thing about me, whether it's a design or technical stuff or administrative, I'm a sponge. I pick everything up right away. And so I can end up falling in love with things, which also makes it hard for me to describe what I do because I like everything. Yeah, I am. A lot like that myself. Uh, one of the reasons that I got into social and digital marketing was because I really couldn't find much in graphic design either. And of course, I, I live in an area that's kind of backward anyway. So uh, it's tough to find a job in graphic design, especially around here. But the good news, of course, and you know this, is when you're on the internet, you can do things you know, from everywhere. 
The only problem is that in your when you have a global market, you also have global competition. So it makes it a little tough. Yeah, and when I started working for this nonprofit here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I live, um, I knew there was going to be opportunities for me to design. So that's why I was excited to jump onto that company because previously I worked for a large corporation, which I knew there was no no creative whatsoever ever going to come my way. So I went for a smaller nonprofit and yeah, sure enough, like it took me maybe like a year and a half, but I knew I was going to rebrand the whole nonprofit and I ended up doing that. Um, everything, their logo, messaging, website, everything. Wow. So, so I you did the entire rebrand, huh? Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And that's, that's why I was excited. Um, I still have another goal of moving into this one office <laughs> that they have there that the floor is blue and orange and I just want to move there because the floor is blue and orange and I love those two co- color combinations. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, that's I'll my tell name. you what, yeah, that, that's interesting. I had a, uh, whenever I worked at the university of Rio Grande and it's, it's strange because that's the way they pronounce it. It's, it's weird. It's actually spelled Rio Grande or whatever, but it's pronounced Rio Grande. It's a long story. But when I worked up there, they stuck me in an office that was about the size of a broom closet. It didn't have any windows and the, the walls were butterscotch orange. It was, it was hideous. It was like, uh, it was like trying to work in the center of a a jello pudding pop. It was, it was terrible. It was an actual room, but uh, it was about the size of a broom closet. There was no windows and it was butterscotch orange. So I guess it, uh, Color can work for you, and it can work against you, I guess. Yeah. So why blue and orange? I don't know. I've always loved that combination. Um, I'm not – like, I would wear, like, sports clothing from teams that wore blue and orange, like the New York Islanders and the New York Mets. But that were, that, that's funny because those were not my teams at all. But I just yeah. love the combination. I don't know. It's just uh, they're too – strong in their own ways yet together they work and yeah. in fact in fact the uh, nonprofit i branded I, I just i'm looking at their logo right now then it's blue and orange <laughs> yeah. is it really yeah wow was that something you did um on purpose or was it just that something that subconsciously came out it was more on purpose just because we we're trying to build uh, trust with the blue but then still be playful enough with the orange Ah, now see, we're starting to get into psychological color theory and I love that stuff. Yeah, because they're they're a nonprofit that helps families. And so we needed that from that children, but they also want to be taken serious. So that's where the blue came in and build trust. So, right. Because blue is one of those calming colors. It's a color of trust and being graphic designers, uh, you know, we could probably talk all day and bore our audience completely <laughs> about, you know, what color represents what and why, you know, certain, certain logos are certain colors for a reason. And we could probably go on with that for days. Uh, one of these days, I'll, we'll clue our audience in on all of the secret sauce that makes that up, right? Yeah. But yeah, I just want to catch up what you've been up to. What I've been up to. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I'm trying my best to get to get started pretty much on click beetle digital marketing. I've been putting a lot of that off and um, that's something that I've been kind of stuck with a little bit because I'm trying to develop the website. And yet at the same time, I think I'm overreaching because what something that you described, because you said you do branding and logo design, which is something I like to do, but there's not like you were mentioning, sometimes there's not a whole lot of clients out there. So I'm trying to branch out into social media marketing, but with COVID, it's very tricky to do social media marketing because, and like I was telling some people, I think last week at one of my job interviews, which didn't go as well as I had planned. And I'll talk about that in a, in a future episode. Yeah. You know, but I was telling them that it's tough during COVID because you don't want to sound flippant. I mean, it may be national donut day or American tree day, but you don't want to, you don't want to get too I don't, I don't know what the word is, I guess, flippant or, um, you know, things are a little bit more serious and you don't, it's hard to walk that line. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And actually speaking of COVID, I don't know if you knew, but I actually ended up getting COVID. No kidding. 
Yeah, I ended up getting it, and I kept testing positive for about a month. Oh, wow. So how are you feeling? Oh, I'm good. This was back in July. So, yeah, by the end of July, I was already 100%. Did you go through anything? Were you asymptomatic or... Yeah, I was pretty much uh, asymptomatic. I mean, I didn't even know I had it. The only reason I, I tested was because I had to take my daughter to get tested so she can start a summer job. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm here. I might as well get tested too. And then that's when I came back positive and she came back negative. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you did the whole quarantine thing for however long you needed to do. and Yeah, I sure did. And, uh, and I feel guilty about this, but as an introvert, I was in my element for sure. You know, that's strange that you say that because I, I feel like that myself. I, you know, I, I don't have much of a problem really with kind of hanging out by myself and doing my thing. So I kind of get where you're coming from there. Yeah. In fact, I think I was the most um, positive and stress-free I was in my life <laughs> because I feel <laughs> like I can't do nothing about this. I might as well just enjoy being in this room. Yeah, might as well. And it helped that I had a wife that would bring me breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, tell me a little bit about why you got into um, creative branding and logo design and that sort of creative aspect in the first place. What attracted you to that? Well, I grew up in the like around the '90s rave scene, so I was really in love with the flyers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the rave scenes and the flyers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you did the rave scene correctly, you probably don't remember a whole lot, I guess. But yeah, yeah. But what I do remember was the flyers were were awesome, and I'm like, "What is this? This is like magic to me." Um, I need to learn how to do that. And so I really didn't start with logo. I just started with general design and just trying to make events look awesome. Mm-hmm. And what I also, as a child, I always was into brands, just brands in general, not even the logo, just how brands behave and how brands have personalities. And mm-hmm. it just amazed me how things that weren't human had human traits. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was off, I was fascinated with like Nike had this whole um, hero thing going. And then you had like um, Target, which was corporate, but not too corporate. And it was just amazing. Like, how could these things have personalities, you know? And I wanted to learn that stuff. Mm -hmm. I got into branding. And then later, um, when I went to school, I started messing with logos. And then I found that I was really good at it. So that's how I got into the whole branding and logo stuff. And he is good at it, too. Uh, I look at some of Felipe's stuff, and I'm like, man, I wish I could do some of that. You're, you are really good. Can I, t- can I plug your website? Or yeah, do you yeah. want to plug your website? Yeah, I'll go ahead. It's uh, gofelipe.com. So that's G-O-F-E-L-I-P-E.com. And that's my portfolio website. I have something else I'm working on right now that's more into branding and positioning. But that's in the near future. And uh, how are you going to expand on what you've already done as far as that goes? You said about branding and positioning. Uh, what kind of angle are you going to take on that? Well, how you mentioned that's kind of hard to get any marketing um, clients right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the same with branding, but I know if I can change the talk and be more about positioning, about how to help a company differentiate themselves in a, like in a competitive market then that's the way I feel like I can get in and still be able to do branding, but maybe speak their language, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Um, that's pretty much exactly what branding is about. And we've, we've had these conversations. We've, we've had them like online, but uh, talking about branding and, and messaging and uh, getting people's brand voice out there, it's probably one of the things that's really trickiest about uh, graphic designers that you know may have some really raw talent but sometimes they kind of miss the mark as to you know what is that brand voice what is that what is that brand trying to say and how can you really kind of reflect that in what you're designing yeah and um one of the reasons i got into branding was i would always just do their logo just do logos for small businesses Mm -hmm. and the thing that would kill me most was that um they would love their logo and after a few months I would go check out their website or talk to them and not figure out that their business is closed down. Oh, yeah. Even though, even though that was not my fault, I always felt like I can do more and I wanted to do more. 
So that's uh-huh. how, that's why I'm into branding where I can help a business position themselves differently. So it's really not just about the logo. It's about the whole, the whole package, really. Yep, the whole enchilada. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, like, it, there may be some people who have some small businesses who are listening to us right now, and they're saying, you know, I didn't think about that, um, about the whole enchilada, like you said, the whole branding uh, aspect of it. If I were a brand and I said, look, I, all I want really is a logo, but I'm intrigued by what you're saying about um, about branding and all of that, how would you go about telling me as a small business owner why I need branding and, and how I would go about doing that? Well, branding is all about the customer and the customer you're trying to attract. We're basically, with branding, you're speaking your customer's language and you're making everything about their customer. You're creating a customer experience in everything from your message, your website, your logo, um, your elevator pitch, how you answer your phones. Everything should be part of one cohesive system. So that's mm-hmm. how I pitch it to a business owner. Like I'm helping you create one cohesive system so you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you need to come up with a new campaign or a new ad, Facebook ad or stuff like that. Being a small business, if I if I ran a small business and all the things that you were saying uh, make perfect sense to me, um, why is it important for me to make sure that everything is synchronized? Well, one of the big mistakes that a lot of small businesses make is they make everything about them, their products, their services, why they're the best, but they don't really talk about like why a customer should feel a certain way or why a customer should trust them. And it never speaks to the customer. So it always feels like even like I'm a consumer. So I, I feel like I'm a brand specialist just from being a consumer. Mm-hmm. And oh, if, yeah, absolutely. And if a brand's not talking to me, using my voice or pretty much anything like that, I feel like they're talking down to me. So exactly. Yes. I tell them stop talking down to people. What we're doing is making sure you're not talking down to people and being with them, being a part of them. So it's like you were saying earlier and talking about the human element and how brands can actually have a, can sound like a person. And that's, that's important. And I think that, Sometimes doing social media and digital media marketing, uh, one of the things that I tell businesses and organizations all the time is, guys, this isn't about you. It's it's about them. You know, it's about what your clients, what your customers, what your prospective students, just whatever, you know, what they're about and what they want. And the, I feel like the more that people talk about themselves and we're doing this and we're doing that and this is why you need to talk to us and and all of that, the more that you say all of that, it just doesn't stand out, really. It's it's all about me, me, me. And talking about the human element of it, I don't know very many people that just talk about themselves all the time. And if no. they do talk about themselves all the time, they really don't have very many friends. As well. No, no, it's a turnoff. Whenever you meet that guy or gal at a party, it's such a turnoff. And that's exactly what a lot of these companies are doing on their website or on their ads. Right. And- I, I can't understand why brands don't get that, that, you know, if a brand was at a party and talking to you and saying all these things, you wouldn't, you wouldn't talk to them. You'd kind of make an excuse. Oh, look at the time. I think I need another drink. <laughs> nice talking to you. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. So, yeah. So my job is basically to just help them understand that just the way they consume products, how they buy stuff. You have to treat it the same way with their own business. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Have you uh, been successful in that approach? And tell me a little bit about um, about one of your success stories. Um, sure. So, um, one of, for example, I can. There was a small here in Arizona. There was a cabinet. They did garage cabinets. So pretty much, they made a whole garage look awesome with cabinets and flooring and stuff like that. And they were trying to branch out. They were part of another company, and they were trying to branch out into something completely different and not look like that company that mm-hmm. they were a part of. They actually went to an agency, a web design agency, and they had, the agency actually told them that use Felipe because um, they really didn't have anything to go for. So they wouldn't be able to create a great message or anything. Their ads wouldn't stick. So that's how they ended up calling me, and I ended up. They recommended you. 
Yep, they recommended me wow. and I helped them create their brand and they didn't even know what that was. Like they're like, I just know that this company told me to use you. Can you explain your process? And that's when pretty much I told them what we just discussed about branding. I told them I'm gonna help you just create a personality and talk to your customers in a way that they'll listen. That was great, but where that story is funny is because a few months later I went to their website after I finished their brand and their website and everything, they loved it. A few months later, uh, their website was gone. It was down. I'm gone. Like, oh. oh, no. <laughs> I was like, bummer after all this work. Come to find out that they sold the company. Like someone bought them out because they looked so good. <laughs> so no that, kidding. That's a success story right there. Wow. So initially you thought, man, this is terrible. <laughs> they went out of business and maybe it's my fault. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. come to find out it, it was actually a big success. That's amazing. Yeah, their competitors saw what they were doing, and they're like, "Oh, can we buy you?" <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. Did there did the competitors um, or did the company ever get in touch with you after that? No, they didn't. I actually had to find out through some other party that I found out knew them. Yeah, uh, but still, that's that is a big success. Whenever you can make a a business stand out to the point where somebody wants to buy them out, yeah. that's that's a good deal. Yep. And those are the type of things that a lot of people don't see. And it's kind of hard for anyone to give credit to the designers or the branders in that point. But yeah, that was going to be actually, believe it or not, that was going to be my next question. You know, what is it that small businesses uh, tend to overlook most when it comes to their messaging? Mm. We've probably covered this already, but I want to cover it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking, how do I say this differently? Because yeah. <laughs> It's pretty much well, okay. Well, how about this? How yeah. about if you had to pick one thing, if you had to pick one thing that you could focus on that most small businesses don't get about the creative process, what would that be? It would be that image matters. Image really matters because the way people buy is what they see and hear. It's amazing how many small businesses just skip that part. Like that's to me, that's like the greatest thing We're we're everyone, even you, even I, we just purchase a lot of times just by what we see and what we determine to be the best option. Right. It's not like we actually research to find out if it's truly the best option. No, we just go by what we see. And that's how small businesses need to treat their businesses as well. Right kind of getting into and this is this is theory that's not just you know you and me talking about it i mean this is pretty much established i mean if you talk to anybody like um you know chris chris doe for instance or uh david Breyer, um most marketers will tell you that it's really about um and david Breyer even says this in in uh, brand intervention he talks about you know rising above the noise you know there's a whole lot of noise that goes on uh, in marketing and your job as a marketer is to stand out, is to make it above what everybody else is saying. That's right. Like you said, I think that's one of those things that maybe small businesses kind of miss out on. They say they think that they're the greatest business ever, and they may be. If you're owning a business, you're very excited about that business generally. And sometimes when you get caught up in that excitement, sometimes you focus like we were talking about earlier you focus a little bit on yourself and why we're, we're great. A lot of people want to be convinced, but they want you to reach out to them on a human level. Like we were talking about. Yeah. And, um, and even there's even some small businesses that want to look exactly like the next small business. And that kills I've me. never understood that. <laughs> yeah. I, I get, I get those clients sometimes and I tell them, you know what, if that's what you want. I just can't help you. Because, I mean, I want to do this for you, but I also want to have fun with this, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, not only that, but if you're, if you're imitating somebody else, you're not really standing out from them. Uh, I run into that a lot with, with some of my branding clients, you know, and, and even some of the clients that I have doing social media and, you know, digital marketing. It's like, I want to be exactly like these people that I'm competing against. And I tried to tell them, no, you don't want to do the same thing that they're doing. Because number one, 
especially if I research them and find out that they're not successful at what they're doing. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to imitate a non-successful campaign, it, but even if they are successful, you know, be different because if you're different, that gets people's attention. If you're the same, then people tend to scroll by or they just don't tend to notice. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. It must be just their comfort zone. I think that's what it is. I, I think it's uh, whenever you run a business or you've established a business, there's a lot of risk involved. And I think people try very hard to eliminate risk as much as they can. And when they're trying to eliminate the risk, especially when they go into branding, they see somebody that's a competitor that has done something that's safe, yeah. that's safe and sure. It doesn't stand out, but it's safe stuff. So okay. I guess they think... Let's stick with what works, even though in reality, it really doesn't work that well. Well, yeah, there's a lot of trust that needs to go into being different. You got to have a lot of trust because there's not going to be anything you can compare it to. It's definitely taking a leap. And uh, I've worked with, and believe me, I, like I said, I'm going to do another uh, podcast episode very shortly talking about whenever I go on job interviews, one of the things that I have such a hard time telling people is you can't be the same as everybody else. You have to stand out. People, especially in, in my area, in, in my uh, geographic area, uh, I live in a very, um, uh, like, you know, I said backward earlier, but I guess that's, that's not really the term. It's a very conservative area. And I don't necessarily mean politically, although that's true as well. Yeah, right. But I mean, it's a conservative area and they don't want to, really do anything to get attention. It's very strange. It's like, yes, we want the business. Yes, we want attention, but we don't want to be so different that uh, we may be successful because they're, they're almost afraid of success, which is strange to me. That's maybe why I don't ever get hired. <laughs> People go, man, this guy's wacky. He's telling us not to do the things that are tried and true that other people do. And he doesn't want us to do them. He wants us to do this wacky, uh, you know, live video stuff. Ooh, that's frightening. I actually have interviewed with uh, colleges who don't want to do live video and they don't want to do live video because they're scared to death that somebody's going to screw up. Oh my God. And if, yeah. they, saw, if they saw their competitor doing live video, then they would be okay with it. Right. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing about it was, um, whenever I was at Rio, we, our competitors, we knew our competitors didn't do live. Uh, we knew that they were afraid of it. So we did a lot of live and we got awesome, just awesome engagement from it. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, then they started kind of coming around and thinking maybe we should do it, but sometimes you just can't convince them. I'm going to start going on a tangent, so I don't want to do that. I want to save that for another episode because it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to name names, but boy, I'm going to I'm going to name experiences. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. We're here to talk about branding, and we're here to talk about branding theory and logo theory. What do you think makes a good logo? I mean, that's that, that's a uh, a really broad question. I know, but I hear that all the time, and I know you do too. Uh, you know, you have a, a client who comes and says, okay, what's wrong with my logo, and what do you think makes a good logo? To me, what makes a good logo is very simple. To me, it just needs to make sense. It needs to make sense of uh, – it needs to be tied to the brand just makes sense. Um, to me, I'm not about, like, creating the most unique logos. I'm not like one of these people that are on dribbles or, or I'm watching tutorials about the golden ratio and all this, stuff, all these. Grits. Yeah. I'm not either. Yeah. I'm, I'm just about creating the perfect logo that goes with the company's values and personality. So for me, it's very simple. It just needs to make sense. That's all. It can be simple typography or it can just be a mark. Um, to me, it doesn't really matter as long, as long as it makes sense. So what do you say to someone who wants a logo, um, like a shoe store, for example, and you present them a logo and they say something to the effect of, there's no shoe on this logo. I want people to know what we do. <laughs> oh, yeah. The famous cliche logos. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely go on a few tangents on those for sure. 
And that reminds me of a story, too, where I did this real estate. Because real estate companies are notorious for having the worst logos. I'm sure they always have that house. Yes. They have that, that house thing, and it, it's the same all the way around. It's always the, the roof and the window. <laughs> and you know it's all different angles, but it's the same roof. Yeah. They all have it. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on. No, no. I, and I redid a logo for a, a company, a real estate company, and we talked about it. And I told them, you know, we went through the whole thing. They agreed about being different. And it was this beautiful logo that they had for only a few months. And then I saw it on a, like, I don't remember, some kind of ad. They went, they changed it to the cliche logo you oh, just mentioned. Ouch. And I, I spoke to them, and they, they and one of the, Agents told me it was because they went to this seminar and a real estate um, guru was like, hey, there's no house there. How's, how's anyone going to know it's a house? Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so this real estate guru, as it were, it really wasn't a marketer, right? No, no. There's there, Those are everywhere. But um, going back to, yeah, the cliche thing, it's just like what we talked about. We need, or we're trying to be different. We can't. Go cliche. We can't go with the shoe or the house or the wrench <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to show them that they need to be different or be the same. But if they want the same, I just can't help them. Might as well just get a clip art. You might as well. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen a lot of clip art logos and uh, they just make me cringe. Yep. And I, it goes back to my beliefs. I really believe that. A small business, um, their success is all about their image and being different. So for me, once they know that that's what that's was my belief, then they usually go along with it. And that's pretty much it. Just let them know, you know, I'm here to make you stand out and that's it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Uh, there was one um, client I had recently and uh, there were some people that wanted to go through him to me to have a new logo. And... You know, it, it. I did something very simple because I know, and one of the things that we talk about in logo design, uh, Sean Barry is one of the best people in the world to explain this. Um, logos have to not only look good on your screen, but they have to look good in small sizes and large sizes. They have to be simple. They have to um, look good in black and white. Uh, there's a lot of, of things that, that go along with that. And I made a very simple logo for them. And I said, see, you know, I put it on some mock-ups, which I, I swear mock-ups, they're heaven sent. You, yeah. know, you put something on a, on a coffee cup or a t-shirt and suddenly it looks completely different. Um, but they didn't like it. They said, this is too simple. We want, we want something that, that says what we do. And I wrote back to, to, uh, to my friend and I said, okay. I said, I, I will do that for them. I said, I'll do the best I can because every time I drive by a McDonald's, you know, I can't help but notice the hamburger right in the center of the big M. You're right. you know? <laughs> and that's what draws me in, right? The, the hamburger there. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the Nike shoe on the swoosh, there's a swoosh with a, with a shoe right there. I wouldn't know they were shoes otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's successful companies don't tell you what they do. The logo is the, is only a symbol that associates with that. It's frustrating. Oh, you, you, you feel me, you know what I'm talking well, about. Well, the, the whole branding thing can be frustrating because it's just so vague and there's just so many moving parts and you can ask 200 branders what they do and what's branding and they will all tell you completely different things. So just from yeah. that part, it can get frustrating for sure and overwhelming Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the beauties about branding is that, I mean, I've seen brand strategists and brand designers come from, like, photography. They do it through photography or through videography. Maybe they do mm -hmm. it through T-shirt line, car wraps, through marketing, through web development. I mean, I think that's awesome. That's something that branders come in all shapes and sizes. And that's really one of the things that I enjoy about social media marketing is the fact that I can do the photography, exactly what you were saying, like do the photography, the videography. Um, I've been playing in After Effects for the past couple of uh, days, 
and really doing some some promotional stuff. Like for this webcast, for example, for this podcast episode, um, I'll be doing some After Effects stuff that I can put on Instagram or on Facebook that will not just be just a picture, but it'll be kind of like a moving type thing. And that gets people's attention. It's going to be really cool. I'm going to snatch your, your photograph from your Facebook profile. I hope you don't care. No, that's fine. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Yeah, that's so, great. Looking so forward to what that. brands do you personally think are doing it right? Um, um, so many, I don't want to go to the standard ones, <laughs> but let me see. Um, okay. Well, it doesn't have to be a big company. Is there anybody local that you think, and you don't have to name names, but you know, is there anybody local in Phoenix that you say, you know what, they've got it. And here's why. Actually, there's a church here in Phoenix that does it really good. And I mind at first I wasn't a big fan of their logo. Um, mm-hmm. I- I'm still not a big fan of their logo, but other than that, they do everything, their messaging, their colors, everything is tight. Like whenever they put out any kind of marketing material, it's just tight. It, it looks like it's always perfect. So that's one of the brands I look up to, local brands here in Phoenix, which I, I know is pretty strange for it to be a church, right? Oh, no, not at all. I, th- I think that uh, some churches really have it together. What I've been noticing with churches in, in my area is when they do have it together, it's usually pretty good, but it's usually either on one end or the other. It's either, yes, this is good. You guys have obviously got some marketers on in your congregation or on staff or whatever. And there are some churches that are kind of mega churches around here that, that have that actual staff there. And then there are others that when they don't get it, man, they really, really don't get it. Yeah. And that's, that's fine because the church is really not a marketing type thing, I think, sometimes. But, but on the other hand, yeah, I, you know, I think it's important to get the message out. So if you're going to get the message out, yeah, it's, it's important to do it properly. I don't really know. You know I can't, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is if a church has bad branding, I'm not going to blame them because that's not what they're there for. No, but when they not. have good branding, I'm going to yeah. say that's tight. That's good. Yeah. There's, there's actually a small church that opened up a year ago and it's, you could tell there there's like no cars in the parking lot and they really haven't put any effort in branding, but I think that would totally help them for sure. If they did. Yeah, It's interesting that, um, I think churches sometimes don't really think about that. But they should, they should of, because um, it's all—it's just human nature. It's just attracting the right people to come to your, you know, to your church. Is not really about selling anything, right? Right, and that's what I think I was talking about earlier, where, where it sounded like there might be kind of a disconnect because they're really not trying to sell anything. But like you said, you know, if you're trying to build a congregation, which, um, you know, my mom's church, uh, for example, you know, she says sometimes that. You know, the congregation is kind of static and, you know, they would like to grow it sometimes. But I don't think that a, a church uh, like that that's really considered, you know, how their messaging is. Yeah. And I guess that would be pretty important. Yeah, that would. And you got me thinking now, maybe I should start reaching out to that neighborhood church. <laughs> maybe. You yeah. Know, I, the least they could say is, is no. And if and even so, even if they're not interested at least you could kind of uh, kind of explain who you are and what you're about and why you think that they would benefit because churches are made up of people and people sometimes need that branding. Like if, if a person, for example, who is involved with that church uh, happens to be a small business owner or happens to be somebody who um, is interested in branding and marketing, uh, you know, it can't hurt. It can't hurt at all. Just something to think about. There's all kinds of opportunity out there. All kinds yeah, of opportunity. If anything, there's too much opportunity that it overwhelms people. Do you think so? I think so. I think there's, for me, that's the case. There's so much opportunity that I don't know which one to uh, go for. And at the end, I just don't go for none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I understand that completely. I do. And especially like I was talking about earlier with with my own business, yeah, sometimes I just don't know what direction I want to go in. Sometimes I want to do social media marketing and then sometimes I want to do branding. And then sometimes I'm like, you know, why don't, why don't you let me just do flyers for you? <laughs> and I want to do it all, but at the same time, I know I'm kind of spreading myself a little thin. So right. I'm not exactly sure where I want to focus. 
I get the feeling that sometimes you have that problem too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's tough when you've got a creative mind. Yeah. And it's also tough when you like all kinds of industries and markets and people, like it's hard for mm-hmm. me to pick one up. Like everyone I know who has a niche, it came easy because they like one particular subject or industry. And that's just not me. And if I'm you look at my too. portfolio, it's like every, it's from every single industry. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a, there's a school of thought that says, uh, pick a lane and stay in it. Yeah. And I've never been very good at that. <laughs> I no. really haven't. No, but I do respect the theory and principles behind that because I mean, at the end of the day, it's people that are looking for you using those words or what, or that interest. So I, I get it from that end for sure. Well, uh, like for example, our friend, um, Alyssa, who was in the uh, Create Awesome community with us. So that's how I met Felipe. She does just um, a pet, pet graphics. And right. she's done really well with that. Yeah. And I was al- always really in awe of, of her work. Definitely. I hope that she's still doing it. I haven't heard from her in a while. So. Yeah, I haven't heard from um, her either. She's a great designer for sure. And I've always been jealous of people who had a niche like that. She is really, really good at what she does. She's incredible yeah. at it. I, I love her work. There's so many people that we met on that that Facebook group. And uh, let me explain to the audience. Um, a few years ago, I was lucky enough to stumble on uh, Roberto Blake's Create Awesome community on Facebook. And I noticed that at the time, the, um, the community had so many different um, people on it that I admired and respected. I mean, it had Sean Barry, it had Roberto, it had Will Patterson, it had Chris Doe and Jose Cavier at the time. Uh, wow. And I jumped on that right away, but there are a lot of people like myself and like Felipe who just joined that group that are incredibly talented. Um, Alyssa is one of them, a uh, Joshua Pomeroy, my goodness. Uh, some of the stuff that he does is just absolutely amazing. Um, and so many other different, talented people that were in that group. I still keep up with them. Uh, Derek Sharp. Oh my goodness. Uh, some of the posters that he does for wrestling, which we were talking about the niche thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's established his niche and done very, very well at it. Yep. And I, I mean, like I said, I respect that. And I think it's going to happen eventually, but I don't want to force it either. Right. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, it's, and I may never get there. <laughs> I'm kind of old as it is. So I may not stumble on a niche. I may be doing this kind of generalization for a long time. Um, and I don't know whether that's good or bad. I mean, if, if I were to talk to Chris Doe, for example, about, about niche versus generalization, he talks about this a lot. I don't know if he's talked about it recently, um, but he talks about the T-shape where like you could do a whole lot of things just on the surface, but you want to pick that one area and be really deep with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. Like not just picking an industry, but you can pick like a behavior, like the, right. the behavior mm-hmm. niche. Yeah. I can't think of any other off the top of my head, but yeah, there's different ways to accomplish that for sure. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to land on one. Yep. I wonder if small businesses, when they're looking for somebody to do branding, if they're interested in a niche marketer, if they're interested in a general marketer, that's, that may not be something that you could answer really effectively unless you happen to be in that niche. Just from um, hearing people like um, um, his, his name, uh, Marty Neumeyer, you know, mm-hmm. Marty. Oh yeah. Love that book. The brand gap, the brand that's gap is Marty Neumeyer. Yeah. yeah. And Zach, yeah. like the way he got into it um, by um, just, I think he, ended up picking the technology industry, mm-hmm. but then it was, that's when they had just started and then it got too broad. So then he went in more specific into the software um, industry. And then that got too broad. Then he went into business software industry. So, I mean, the way he did it, it makes sense because then you're talk when you talk to those businesses and you say that you only do branding for that same industry, it's so easy to sell it. Yes. Yes. It is. It is easier to sell that. Definitely. By the same token, you know, if you can go into a business and say, look, I've worked with everybody from radio stations to meat markets, to uh, churches, like you were mentioning to, you know, I wonder if, 
if a small business would be turned off by that or if they'd be interested in that. Maybe it would depend on the business. Um, yeah, there'll be a lot of factors. Also, it would be, are you coming, are you going to them or are they finding you on a web search? So that's where it gets lost and it gets muddy if they're looking for you. And that's where SEO comes in, which yeah. gets into the IT part, which we've pretty much kind of come full circle on that because the SEO is kind of a back end thing. Yep. Do you do much SEO? Not at all. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> I have a friend of mine who uh, just recently contacted me. He's uh, actually the other interview that I had last year, Dustin Mankin, who's uh, in Japan. He's getting ready to come stateside. Uh, but he was talking to me about um, branding himself, especially on LinkedIn, and talking about um, making sure that he put his best foot forward. And he said, the reason I'm asking you is because you're my SEO guy. And I'm like, well, that's that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the branding guy, but I did get certified by SEO. Um, one oh, of those uh, certifications that we had on, um, I can't remember the the organization, but I did get a certification from them because I thought it would help me with this job search. <laughs> Again, there is going to be an episode. <laughs> I promise you that. Right. It's going to be fun. Oh, yep. I can't wait. I need that episode. I need to, I need to vent. Yes, we all need. <laughs> yeah, speaking of your podcast, yeah, it's one of my favorite podcasts for sure. You just no so, way, seriously. Yeah, it's just so clear and like you. What I mean, you're not all over the place like a lot of marketing and branding podcasts. So that's what I like about your podcast. So keep well, it thank going, you, Felipe. That means a lot, man. That really does. I I like doing the podcast. I just do it just because it's fun. It's a lot of fun to do. And like you were talking about, you know, there's a lot of things that brands and organizations don't understand about social, about digital, about marketing, period. And, you know, I like to kind of tell them about it. And uh, the funny thing is that my last episode, which I didn't even publicize because I was so disappointed in it, <laughs> it was season one, episode one. Uh, track it down if you want to. It's not really all that good. The editing was kind of bad on it, and I was kind of everywhere. But one of the things I was talking about was how bad social media has gotten and how, you know, if it's even worth it anymore. And after I did that episode, a week later, I had an interview <laughs> for social media marketing. Yeah. And well, I know that they listened to it. <laughs> a week later, I got the email that said, Dear candidate. Yeah. We're, we're sorry to inform you that you have been eliminated from, and I thought, eh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. When I'm telling people that Facebook sucks, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I want them to hire me for social media. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. going to work. Yeah. That's not gonna <laughs> I don't know, but I appreciate that Felipe. And I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, like I said, we talked about doing this for a long time and I will definitely have you back on because I think that you really have a unique perspective on branding, uh, on um, brand voice, about logo design, how all of that kind of interacts and is kind of the full package. Um, I think that your your uh, outlook on that is solid. It's unique. And I think it's something that brands and organizations could could really benefit from from hearing your um, your input and and, um, you know, your outlook on on what that is. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. We've been doing this for about an hour and, you know, I never talked to anybody for an hour ever. So, <laughs> and now I will cut this down so it won't be like a full hour on the podcast episode. So if you're listening to the episode right now and you're looking at it and you're going, hey, it only says 39 minutes. Well, that's where the editing comes in. So, <laughs> but trust me, we've been we've been going at this for just about an hour. So um, I'll go ahead and wrap it up and um I want to uh, just kind of hand it over to Felipe I, with uh, just some final thoughts on uh, what you think branding is is going to be all about in the future, how you can help, and plug that website one more time. And uh, if somebody was interested in hiring you, how would they go about it? Sure. So um, I just want to leave everyone off with, um, I know there's people that are creatives and branders themselves listening to this, and I know we're going through hard times, but stay positive. Um, stay optimistic and remember that branding isn't just about uh, selling stuff. It's about right. just having, just creating a following or creating a connection. So you're, if you focus on that, 
you should always be able to have a career in branding. And if anybody wants to hire me, they can go onto my website, gofelipe.com, and you'll, there's a contact page there where they can contact me. Awesome. I, I would uh, suggest that anybody, even if they're not necessarily interested in hiring somebody right away, go check out that website at gofelipe.com because it kind of gives you an idea on some of the things that uh, he has done in the past, some of his portfolio, and how he approaches things. I, I think you'll find it interesting. Even if you're not really in the market right now for it, um, you're bound to run into somebody in your in your life or you know, in just in interacting with people who may be interested in something like that. And um, if so, you know, it's a very easy a website address to remember. It's just gofelipe.com. Are you there? I'm here now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think we'll just probably kind of leave it there. And that is pretty much exactly where we left it. Because at that point, uh, both of the microphones started to act a little weird. So uh, I know that was kind of abrupt, but uh, when it's over, it's over, I suppose. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview with Felipe. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. Where There's going to be a whole lot more interviews coming your way in season two. I've got plenty of people that you're going to find interesting lined up. In the meantime, here's where you can find me. You can find the Tim Atkins Does Digital Podcast pretty much everywhere you find your podcasts. I'm talking over 50 podcast networks and directories all over the world. So just find me where you get your podcasts. I'm probably going to be there. I uh, want to give big thanks to all of my supporters, and I appreciate all of my listeners. On Facebook at Tim Adkins Digital Strategist, my page is right there. You can find me on Twitter at Tim Adkins Online. Also on LinkedIn at the same handle, Tim Atkins Online. I'm on all of those places. Uh, I'm trying Instagram too, but I really don't have a whole lot of stuff there right now. Um, also, my website is at timadkins.com. Not a whole lot there, but uh, you're welcome to uh, browse around and read what I have there. It's not much, but it's home. Other than that, uh, thank you for joining me. We will have another episode coming very shortly for you. Have a great weekend or a great week or whenever you're listening to it. Just have a great one. And I will talk to you soon.